So it's Thursday, it's Thursday, and it's time for another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jamal. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Giant Crab, Crab with a K. Joined here tonight, of course, we have here Will Mahoney, two chains somewhere in the hinterlands in his, in his luxury motor vehicle. But we'll get to them in a second. Yeah, yeah, we, are. You, we, know, we know how you do. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. But, but first, I want to say, right off the break, uh, you got to hit our Patreon page if you want to get that exclusive juicy extra content some extra you know some extra shows that we you know what honestly it's too good for the people so we got to put it behind the, just a, a little peek a little paywall it's okay you can climb the wall and get into our, our patreon page at biggoldbeltgroup.com biggoldbelt.com so will how you doing all right all right a fine thursday night this week feels like it's flown by so i'm i am not complaining i'm in good spirits yeah, President's Day uh, was Monday, so it's a four-day week. It's kind of weird. Uh, two James, where are you in the world? I am in pursuit back home. Had some family obligations, but I will be back at my station in a little bit. So, uh, but anyway, nonetheless, uh, gentlemen, it's good to talk to you guys Thursday. We got a couple of little interesting things to talk about, and I'm I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, and the first thing that we're going to talk about is NWA switching gears uh, with uh, an episode of The Circle Squared. Uh, that happened this past Thursday in lieu of your regularly scheduled power. And I guess uh, to the both of you guys, that uh, just what are your initial thoughts about this endeavor where you know, Ring of Honor has their top prospect tournament and NXT was a game show way back when, which seems like forever ago. Um, now we have NWA's version of this aspect, of this developmental aspect. And now it's basically, I don't know, some hybrid of American Scott talent. America's got ring experience. I don't, I'm not sure what, what to make of it, but, but how do you feel about the uh, show so far, The Circle Square? <laughs> I, I say, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. First off, completely honored that we were identified as uh, initial reviewers for the episodes. Um, that is remarkable, and is also it feels good to be appreciated for our work, for us to be uh, ones that... Uh, we were reached out to to review the shows and give an unbiased reaction. I want to make that very clear. No one was paid. There was no way. It was so superly clear in the text a billion times to be unbiased about giving our reactions about the episode. So that was absolutely awesome. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, and I, you know, Will can speak on it in a little bit as well too. I like anything that's when somebody's taking a little bit of chance and a little bit of a little bit of different a little a little diversity in their regularly scheduled plan and although not having power through a little bit of fans off um i like this idea and um no matter if you liked it or not people were talking about it and i think that's always good in professional wrestling to have somebody just talking about it uh so my initial reactions upon you know, hearing what it was, re- being reached out to it, 
super optimistic to ultimately seeing how the show uh, was, uh, what did I say, televised or premiered okay. on YouTube. Uh, it was damn awesome. It was damn awesome. And Mr. Hill Will, seeing his face representing us on there was damn tight to me. I I, <laughs> I was happy. But, yeah, go ahead, Will. What's, what's, your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I am thankful to get the call to represent the Big Gold Belt group on the Circle Squared. That was very fun. Got to watch the episodes uh, last weekend. And I'm really into the concept. I, I think the comparison to, like, an America's Got Talent or a American Idol type thing, it, it's kind of fitting. With the interesting twist being that there aren't judges in the studio on the show. The judges are... Various fans that have been selected or media members that have been selected to watch the show that they're interspersing their comments with the broadcast and that inevitably the fans themselves are getting to vote and voice on what they think happened, you know, who represented themselves well, as they said on the show, it's not about winning your matches. It's about making an impression and making a connection with the audience. So the NWA is putting the power in, in the fans hands which is always an interesting concept and it's always interesting to see that happen especially with young up-and-coming talent so in the first episode we had a tag team match with a very interesting dynamic between the two sides we had a Luke Hawks and PJ Hawks, the father and son tag team. You may uh, have recently seen PJ di- diving off a mall balcony into a ring. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Viral sensation, so to speak, there with his father, Luke Hawks, who's been in the business for quite some time. So he had a father and son tag team against another team going by the name of the Best Kept Secret, who were brought to the ring by NWA legend Nikita Koloff. So you had a much more established, well-oiled tag team with that old-school NWA connection with Nikita Koloff there against the father and son. So it made for a very interesting first match on the Circle Square, a different dynamic with the grizzled vets versus like the father and son fighting for like, you know, family. And I like the presentation. I love the concept and I'm really curious to see where this goes. Cause you got, you know, the live studio audience voicing their opinion. You have different members of, you know, the media and wrestling fans that are just really into the NWA that have been selected to be able to give their opinions during the show. And then you have the whole online aspect of it with people getting to vote with what they thought about who looked good and what they liked and what they didn't. So there's a lot of different opinions and aspects of it that can, can fluctuate depending on the episode and who's involved. So I think it's got a lot of potential as an idea. So, yeah. so for disclosure, uh, you two guys uh, watch the show and were privy to the show beforehand to record your uh, live reactions to tape, which were broadcast and interspersed throughout the episode. Right. I did not, and I watched it on YouTube with uh, the rest of, you know, the the NWA uh, folks. Now, my problems are twofold. Number one, didn't know that this was going to replace Power. I thought that this, as Power is building up towards the Crockett Cup, and they have some storylines that are unfurling, and we want to see what that is. And then, of course, instead of because they don't really run commercials, the you know they keep teasing storylines that we thought we were going to get this week and now they've kind of kicked the can down the road next week they're on youtube not on a television network so they don't have to fight the internet for airtime 
So I don't, I'm not sure why exactly was Power not aired in lieu of this special show. Um, and if it were to not be aired, then why wasn't that better communicated? I do not technically remember what happened last week on Power. Here's my thing. The Crockett Cup is their big event, and it's going to be in an amazing arena in Atlanta. Um, and I believe that that's going to be their big show. Then, you know, you're already going to have the storylines built for power. Why not have another resolve as to your, you know, your big match that's going to ultimately win you your NWA contract at the Crockett Cup? And again, because these recordings are all pre-recorded, you know, it's always that schedule as well, too. So, you know, could it could we be at a lapse or a point where they did not have any more power episodes tentatively ready? Um, who knows? Uh, again, I do not remember what happened on the last power episode, but I can tell you that on this episode, um, they have very much made it very vocal about what's happening in the future. I think we're going back to power next week. We know about the ultimate pay-per-view that they're coming at, where it's going to be at. And we know that another episode of this is coming. So I don't feel like it's truly justified for fans to be mad. Um, the more, the better at this point. They're trying different things. They, they're not giving us more. Invested. Huh? They're not giving they us are. more. They're replacing they one thing with a different thing. That's not more. That's a lateral. It move. is more because no, it's more because it's different. It's not the same. And it's because now that you're building towards your biggest, you know, show, uh, I feel like, you know, the, the stakes of this is even because at the end of the day, you're seeing faces you know, you're seeing faces you may not know. But ultimately, somebody's getting a contract and somebody's getting a payday. And that's a storyline, no matter if you want to look at it or not. And it's just another reason for for people to get involved with it. And on top of that, regardless of everything, the social media interaction with this was unparalleled. They got Twitter, they got uh, they got uh, you know Facebook groups, they got YouTube. YouTube, they got the pre-recorders for the media, they got the people who want to be part of it next time. Um, they even imply you know doing the show to interact with us live doing it. So they really tipped the, the, the curve with, hey, we're reaching out on all levels to get people involved. And I think when it comes down to wrestling, especially within 2019, 2020, everyone wants to find a reason to be involved. And I think this is a good way to get people invested into this brand. NWA, since NWA Power has initially launched, has been phenomenal. And it, has, it had its niche. This right here, I believe, is going to bring in a whole nother array of fans to find ways to want to be able to be um, either to be participants or interactive with them. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really for it. And if they really want, you know, the Crockett Cup to be bigger than what it was last year and the stakes to be higher, this is it. You got the ROH, you have the ROH parallel with Marty Scroll being a part of it. And now you have all of this is coming. And who's to say who else they're going to have on these uh, on these episodes? There could be some bigger names. There could be some more legendary names involved. I, I am truly a supportive of the efforts that's happening with this. So so let me ask you this. Um, do you think did you guys see the presentation on YouTube or did you just watch uh, the matches that were sent to you? Yes, we watched we, it both. We got the promo okay, so you, and the match. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, what so, it. So, so, but so, right, right, right. But did you see, was it the same presentation that was on YouTube on Tuesday? Just early. 
Yeah, it, it was it was okay. everything. It was everything minus the um, obviously all the comments from people. So right. we got the promo and then we got the match. That's what was yeah. sent to us. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then the reason why I asked that is because if you had a chance to see yourself, your heel uh, will, of course, uh, <laughs> you know, Twitter darling uh, made his you know, way into the program. I think, of course, the comments, and that's the thing about inviting the public. Obviously, they're going to screen these comments and make sure there are no trolls, no haters and racists and stuff like that. That's, that's of and, as they should. However, a lot of the comment to me, watching this for the first time, seemed unnaturalistically enthusiastic. If these are people that you haven't seen before, other than Nikita Koloff, who you, you know, uh, you dutifully pointed out, well, what's he going to do? But, you know, it's, it's still <laughs> to the point of how do we, how do you, did you gauge the genuineness of the crowd watching? What were, because people seemed more happy to be on TV than to necessarily, uh, you know, to be a part of this thing and not necessarily see the wrestling. The match was okay. The two yeah. teams are fine. But we're not talking about this is the next Austin Theory or this is the next Doom Patrol or this is the right. next top-level indie guy. Um, it's, you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This, no, this is a, this is an amazing question. I truly appreciate how you're wording this as well. Um, because one, the first answer is that it was not guaranteed that we will be a part of this. We just, you know, we read, we read what the, um, the description said and we did our best. Again, it stated to be unbiased, but I think we have to pat ourselves on the back as a brand, as the big gold belt that we've been ident identified as, um, you know, knowledgeable, uh, a, a knowledgeable outlet. So, you know, if you really truly want a sample dose, constructive criticism or just critics in itself, I feel like they did a good job in making sure that they reached the right people. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest. Of all the people that was on the show, I don't all respect, you know, they're, they're, I ain't gonna say all right, I don't all respect. I don't genuinely. I'm not a fan of um, of some of the other outlets because of their approach to how they go about things. I feel like us at our show, we're unbiased, and we, you know, we all had different agreements, and I think our fans will all agree that we all tend to think what we think, and that's what it is. We don't have pre notes saying, "Hey, we all need to think the same," and that's all that. You know what I mean? So I think that you know us and our work was identified as just knowledgeable, respectable people within this business. So, you know, to want to get a, a really constructive criticism about the product, you need to identify who and those that, you know, that does the work, that knows the stuff. And I think, you know, that the people that identify, all of us bring different things, and I think that gives them a truly unbiased response to what's happening. Uh, no matter if, you know, I, and, I, and, and to be honest, I don't know how some of these other people react because reaction, react, the reaction uh, thing is there's a community for that. People who genuinely just react to things. And I, you know, not a huge fan of it, but th there's a, there is that out there. Uh, but I don't let like me, let me add real, let, let me add real quick since, since we didn't, you know, the, as far as the experience of recording our reactions to it, we didn't know what we were going to watch until we actually hit play. It was just said, you know, we're sending you these two segments 
We want you to watch them and react to them. We didn't know that there were going to be matches. We didn't know who was going to be in them. It was, you know, totally, we went into it blind. So I I will say this. Now, going forward, if this opportunity presents itself again, now we have an idea. We know what the circle squared is. Okay, we got an idea of what the concept is. We got an idea of what they're going for as far as a show. This first go around, it was total mystery. So I would chalk up some of the way things were reacted to, just simply to that and that we didn't know what we were getting into when we pushed play. So it was a bit of, you know, a feeling out process in the first episode, I would say. Yeah. Well, let me ex- let me ask both of you guys this. Uh, do you think the Circle Squared should remain a standalone program, or should it just be one match within Power? You could probably do it either way. I did yeah. like that as a standalone episode. It was only a half hour. I li- okay. I liked that. It was like tight and sweet, and they had a couple you know video packages around it and some stuff about what was happening on Power. But mm-hmm. th- you could easily have it be a segment of the show. If you mm-hmm. wanted, so the, it could easily be that. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, it could go either way, but I do feel like the presentation of it being by itself makes it feel like extra content, um, and also the the dynamic of fans' involvement and engagement with it is a um, it gives it a different caliber than what power represents because power is power. But this is a way that saying like, "Hey, fans, we need you to be involved with it." So, uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, I do, I do like how the presentation of this and being a, a tight niche 30 minutes of how it was. So yeah, I can see it either way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of upside obviously, and it does get, uh, more interest from, uh, from folks uh, around the world to check out the NWA. And, and that's a good thing. Um, I do wish that the editing and the, uh, interpolation of the comments and reactions were better meshed together uh, because they would do a move and or in, you know, and then they would cut to somebody reacting to that move instead of it happening in real time. I mean, even if it's one reaction, just pick the best one or the one that more accurately describes what you the story that you want to tell because they have full editing control over the play, over the thing. Um, and then I just want to put people on there hating because why would you do that? You're trying to sell something. But I do wish and hope that the, um, the reactions are actually edited better into the product. It seemed a bit disjointed at times. The, you know what? To, to, to be fair, which is your favorite comment, um, it's I, I, truly, <laughs> I truly see... I, actually, that was my initial thoughts about how it was going to be done. And then watching it, I actually like how they did it as well, too, where it's like a match match uh, let the match flow fluently and then like quick responses in it uh because you do want to make sure that the match isn't tampered with and the momentum in the match uh, especially with things such as the hot tags you want to make sure all that you know um is relayed genuinely to the fans as much as it can uh but when you when you do start you know cut scenes and stuff like that it could possibly uh, it could possibly be tampering and kind of biased if you think about it as well. So, but like I said, I, I do, I, I saw it that way, how you were thinking initially, but I do like how they did it. Uh, well, the things that, like the best reactions of things that I've seen personally are from uh, like Dragon Ball Super episodes where they would have, you know, the main screen of the show and then nine screens around the side, you know, reacting to various points in the thing from dude, prominent reactors. Dude. 
Dude, just to be clear, because a lot of people don't know about that. That is the most legendary vantage point recording I have ever seen. And whoever did that is on a whole nother God level of video splicing. <laughs> like you, you gotta understand that was something that's just just that good. I almost gotta probably put that in the description because like that's that was just on a whole nother level of just really good editing for real. Yeah, and I, and I think that like if if that can be done by whoever does it on YouTube for that show, I would hope that NWA reaches that type of seamlessness if we're going to go through with actual fans actually reacting during a show. Uh, because there's a lot of play because you have commentary that's going, you have the match itself and the momentum of the match that's going. And then to cut away like family guy to some guy on his couch kind of makes the thing disjointed in, in my opinion. But uh, overall, um, it was one match, literally one match in 20 minutes. What is this WWE? But it's um, I'm still, you know, pretty interested to see how they go going forward and where this all culminates. So. Let's switch gears quickly as we go across the other pond to Japan. <laughs> right. So New Japan uh, does not have a television deal in the U.S. We know that. Yes. Access TV, which, of course, was uh, is owned by Hootie, uh, the giant owl, that's and all his glory, uh, canceled their contract, though, their contra- though the New Japan Access TV deal doesn't expire until next year. So whatever breach of contract shenanigans aside, because that's obviously what the recourse that New Japan has to take, where should New Japan land on television here? Uh, You know, WWE kind of has inroads with uh, ESPN and Fox. And if you think that uh, XFL isn't a WWE property, I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) But do, do you think that there is a major television player for New Japan? And is, that te- is for that television provider, that television distributor, a bigger risk than TNT gambling on AEW? And, and Will, uh, mm-hmm. a question to, you know, the question to you is, will we see New Japan live on TV in the U.S. this year? That's a really good question with the way the access deal came to an end because they tried those live specials on access and they they started out big. But then last year, it definitely it, things fell off. You could tell they, you know, how even the crowds at them just weren't as big. And part of that, you know, you can probably chalk up to the formation of AEW and losing the the elite guys that were kind of like the faces of like the American side of the promotion. So that that changed the dynamic a lot. I guess the question is, if there's a channel that's willing to take a chance on being a new home for New Japan, it's a matter of what would it? What do you think? Would it be more of like an entertainment channel? Do you think they could possibly get on like one of the lower level sports channels? I mean, there's no way I can see them getting on like you know a NBC Sportsnet since that's part of under the NBC umbrella. So they're not going to be able to get on anything there. And like you just mentioned, Fox and ESPN, that would probably be probably near impossible too, given the situation with WWE also having their hands involved with them. So it's like, what does that leave that they could possibly hopefully get an affiliation with? I guess you got like MLW is even on BN sports and Lord knows BN's like hard to come by in a lot of areas. That's not exactly the greatest distribution either, but that's probably on par to what they had with access. If anything, 
maybe the best option. I mean, they're already, you know, they have their own streaming service, but if they could somehow get a show maybe on another streaming service of some sort where it'd be like, you know, a, a more of a, a TV show presentation like what they had, but on, on a different platform to where hopefully you'd get it in front of different eyes than just, you know, New Japan World. I so don't know. I, I, I would like to see, you know, just as the direct resolution to this, I would like mm-hmm. to see a television style uh, recap show of their live events from Japan. Okay. Because I don't think American audiences are going to wake up at 4, 2 a.m., 2 to 5 a.m. Uh, for a live uh, New Japan show. Right. Uh, with that said, that network is CBS Sports Network. Ah. They, you know, they do have a, uh, a, you know, a sports network service. They really don't have a major player. They were a big deal with the AAF um, you know, last year when, when they were a thing. Um, they're not nearly as big as Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports right. 1 or 2. Um, certainly, there's no primetime room for them. But, but CBS Sports Network does have the production value to put on a palatable product and a, and a palatable sports product. And they really don't have anything else going on. So I think a, an hour-long recap show of the week would probably mm-hmm. be ideal on CBS properties. Um, whatever that may be, and that could be Showtime. Um, that could be because I think that's a CBS um, affiliated network or Viacom. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, so so that could be a thing because Showtime does have a sports division. Um, but I think that may be the move to make to get in bed with CBS. But also, and this is the most important thing, they need to air the content live in the U.S. I think. If if that will really test if there's a market for New Japan in America, they're not going to have shows every every day or every Monday in America. But I think if you had a primetime recap show and, and, and you had your live events and maybe replay them on CBS Sports Network, mm-hmm. um, but you would have but that's a huge commitment for CBS. But then what is their alternative? North Dakota State basketball. Right. So. I, you know, I, I would like to see it. And CBS does have that streaming service. Um, you know, not, not CBS Access, but the thing that they distribute news on. And right. they have a, um, on the CBS News Network app, they have CBS Sports HQ, which is like their ESPN News. Um, right. You know, that's a thing that's on your phone. It's on PlayStation. It's on Xbox. Um, it's on my Samsung TV. And it's a part of the CBS in, um, app uh, suite for live news from around the country. So I think if, if, if uh, New Japan were to really want to make a big splash, they might want to call CBS and, 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 and talk shop with them. And honestly, that might be the best case scenario now that I think about it. Because like you said, if they could get on, get on their own sports network, be an idea that there's nothing really on there that is of any big high value. So it's like, they got to be looking to grow that thing in one way or another. And right. if it worked out and they could get some momentum on there, like a magazine style recap show, maybe the next move would be if they could maybe, you know, like I said, have live specials or whatever. And even if they didn't have them on there, I mean, God, imagine if they could get like one of their live specials on like Showtime or something. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You, you put the pay-per-views on Showtime, right. a part of the Showtime Sports Network, 
Right. Um, you know, like they do with boxing or, or if that's yep. still a thing. And it used to add then, there, so shit. Yeah, there yeah. And then why not, you know, make New Japan? Because, because for real, it's probably going to be overnight unless it's a U.S.-based show. Right. So there, there doesn't, they don't seem to be any closer to op- operating the, uh, the L.A. version of New Japan as a weekly episodic product. So, since they already have the Japanese uh, operation well underway, obviously, uh, why not just air the damn thing at 4 a.m. on Showtime, you know, sports, and then give you a 48-hour access to watch it? Or something like that, you know, or, you know, access to the replay on demand. If you bought it, you can keep it for a week and then it goes away and the license expires. You know, there's a lot of things to be done, um, and nobody really checks on CBS except for football and March Madness. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And heck, I mean, they're in August. They're going to run Madison Square Garden again, so they are trying to maintain this presence in the United States. So they got to they got to come up with something. The Lord knows, at least before with the access deal, they had that going on every week. But it's going to be a very different dynamic this time around, trying to run MSG and then whatever else they end up doing this summer around the country. Like they got to come up with something. To, to, to have some publicity here outside of just that darn streaming service. So I, I, I got to imagine that it's on their radar to try and get something going on TV again. It's just, I think, like we said from the beginning, the biggest issue is so many players aren't going to be an option because between WWE and AEW, you got tons of networks just already have their wrestling. So you're left with a very limited amount to work with, but CBS, I think you nailed it, Jamal. That might be the the best possible scenario if they could somehow get in with them. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have added something here because I cannot remember, and maybe I'll think about it later. But there's a particular reason as to why I heard why they did not resign that uh, the access deal, and I was told, and I cannot remember, and I was actually told from I can't I shouldn't even say, but I was actually told by. Yeah, I was definitely told from two legitimate, legitimate people, and they both were like, oh, well, <laughs> afterwards. You heard so, it from Hoot, Hootie the Owl. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. They was like, oh, well. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a shame, um, obviously, but it is, you know, kind of what it is uh, with, with New Japan, and it's just another bump in the road as they try to, you know, get some fo- a foothold in America. Uh, and they need to do so before Triple H signs Okada because once they do that, then I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's going to be, um, you know, that's going to happen sooner than later. Uh, Okada versus uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37, Los Angeles. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'm looking for that Okada King Corbin match. That's what they're. That's uh, what they're building I for. I want that. Oh dear God! Uh, see, you just said it, so now it has to happen. Uh, so, uh, switching gears again uh, from Japan back to the U.S. Uh, apparently, Samoa Joe is injured again. Um, he has this is separately a separate injury from when they thought that he people said like, "No, Joe is out in the wellness policy violation." That's not true. He actually has a concussion, um, and it's really unfortunate because Joe was, you know, had that uh, arm injury, uh, the wrist injury. Came back, uh, then really on TV for a cup of coffee, and then has to go back on the shelf again. Will we ever see Joe reach his potential? 
the the potential that we had for him when he uh, first got to WWE? Ooh. You know, probably the, the, the biggest issue is just Joe's got so many miles on him from all the years he was doing this before he got there. And I'm not going to rule it out entirely, but it's just, it's tough. It's tough when you've been doing it for so long and, and working the physical style that he does. That's the difference. And if the stars align right, I think it could still happen. I think they're pretty, considering how many bumps in the road he's had, they always seem to keep him in a very strong position. They seem to be really willing to plug him into things when he's ready to go. So I think, seems that he's thought very highly of which is good but i think it's going to kind of take the stars aligning just right to get some momentum going to where he doesn't keep having like these little injury issues to make a scenario where he could really make a run at something i hope it happens i'd love to see it as kind of like you know the cherry on top of his entire career but i don't know we'll see it's hard to say a question, question for you too, James. Uh, is, is Samoa Joe a WWE Hall of Famer? Uh, I, okay, so because there's really no criteria <laughs> for it, I will say this. If they somehow, which I have pretty good confidence, if they get possession of Hootie's uh, video library, I think the answer is yes, because it becomes very synonymous with the whole WCW thing. Um. So, by the time Samoa Joe's ready to hang it up, plus acquiring the library, yeah, I think the answer is going to be yes. And, and 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 again, the easy the easy answer is why would we ever say no? Because there's really no criteria on what makes somebody in or not. In the world of professional wrestling, an absolute yes for our metric of you know longevity, the name, the impact that they had on the business. But so WWE specific. I think WWE kind of looks at themselves as professional wrestler entirety. So you get the video stuff to kind of package with it, make it marketable, and sure, WWE they'll 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 um they'll go with it. Also, I, I could be wrong here, but I also feel like when it comes down to WWE Hall of Famers, that's also WWE's way of saying, "Hey, now we have merch of yours that we can sell forever. That's like tied to your name. Cool, cool, great Hall of Fame bid." You're good to go, buddy. Have a good life. Residual checks. Bada boom. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I definitely see the you know, milking it, uh, you know, for all it's worth because that's just what they do. Uh, but WWE Hall of Famer, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that could go in before him. But then again, it was not matter. Drew Carey's in the Hall of Fame. So... <laughs> That's and that's the easy name that you pick. There's there's a couple other ones in there. There's like, a couple yeah, others, but that, but that 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 really doesn't even matter. Just you know, <laughs> I I tell you, I tell you this really quick um, because I was going to answer the first question. Seeing Samoa Joe back in NXT because I kind of jumped up on my network uh, the other day when I was watching something. Uh, hella good, look hella rejuvenated. So these injuries that's coming about now are a little like ooh like. That soon, that quick, that drastic. But um, yeah. as far as NXT and what he's done in NXT, I guess you want to kind of nod that. Then yeah, because he knocked off all the big names in NXT. That was what two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. like, I mean, go. Uh, I advise anybody who's just not truly an all-around Samoa Joe fan, go watch that NXT stint. <laughs> Some of his best work in a long time. So. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, no, true. It, it, him on NXT was great, but Joe was is at basically on the back end of his career then, and then he comes into NXT, and you know now we have you know a wrist injury that kept him sideline for a few weeks, and we have the concussion, and no long, and we don't know how long he's going to be out from that. Uh, now these things are starting to add up, mm-hmm. and Joe is not a spring chicken. Speedy recovery, of course, but re- let's be real. Um, I hope, and I, and, I, and I don't even want to say it, but the bottom line is, is that you know, Joe was definitely on the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. So I know everybody loves to, to put on their market uh, analyst hats, and, and they love to play the ratings game and love to talk numbers and stuff. I don't particularly care, but I do think that it is interesting to point out that TakeOver Portland happened last weekend. And <laughs> this Wednesday was the uh, fallout from TakeOver Portland. And, uh, AEW is building up towards Revolution on Leap Day, uh, the 29th, in nine days. And this is at the State Farm Arena. They have their one of their marquee shows, arguably, of the year. Um, one would argue that it's their best show of the year. And that's what a lot of people are saying from the re- reaction from this uh, past week, Dynamite. So the ratings came out as they do at 4 o'clock every Thursday from the previous night. And NXT, uh, 794,000 viewers versus 893,000 for AEW. We saw what happened in Survivor Series where NXT threw the kitchen sink at, um, at AEW and gained some ground in the ratings. Those numbers have since receded, retracted, and receded. And now we're at a consistent pattern of numbers. The Democratic National uh, Debate was last night, and that was a big deal, and there was some big college basketball action on ESPN, and these things obviously factor into the ratings for the pro wrestling shows. But the question really isn't about AEW, it's about NXT. We're going to get Gargano versus Champa 19 again. (laughs) And that's one of their big storylines going forward. The The ratings seem to reflect it. Has NXT gone stale and no matter what they seem to do they're not they don't, they don't seem to be gaining any ground they seem to be steady right so yeah. so what do you think will has nxt gone yeah. stale i think the issue with nxt that i got coming out of takeover portland is there are parts of the show there are aspects of the show that feel fresh that feel new, that feel good. You got stuff like Tegan and Dakota tearing the house down. You got Keith Lee doing his thing, even if it's with Dijakovic and still doing that match, opening the show. It's still, you know, that's still always going to drop jaws, those two in there. You got the Broserweights probably quickly becoming one of the hottest acts in the the brand. There's some hot, fresh stuff going on. That said... There is some downright stale leftovers being warmed up at the top of the card with Gargano and Ciampa. That matchup is dead. It's old. It's just, it's been done to death. I mean, I think it was like, what, two takeovers ago that they did the first one? And so this would be three years later now. It's just, they've done that match to death. They've done that feud to death. And yeah, there's been injuries involved, but... I think we're in a situation where they've had a pat hand that worked for so long 
they're like, ah, we can get another match out of it. And maybe the thinking is, oh, we get another match out of it at WrestleMania, then we can put a bow on it and move on. But it doesn't change the fact that that match is stale. And I sure don't have any interest in seeing it right now. But I think it's a situation where they're like, hey, we know this has worked really well for us before. Let's try to get one more squeeze out of this before we send it on its way. Hmm. You know, here's what I want to kind of say really quick. And I, I, and Jamal definitely keep me on, on task here. The first (laughs) thing I'm surprised we haven't really talked about is that we are back at a takeover worlds collide. We talked about the dynamics with that vice versa with the takeover. Um, did it feel different? Was it the same takeover? Absolutely felt like a takeover besides the fact that takeover was on a Sunday and it was longer. So that made a little bit of a difference here. But uh, I totally agree with Will and the sentiments of what NXT is doing. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy that we kind of predicted that Matt Riddle was going to be the one that they, that they slapped the rocket pack on. And it's Keith Lee, who arguably should getting a nod by all the legends and right people on backstage and just putting on great matches and good spots over and over and over. I do not think that NST is getting stale because next week we got some, we got something of the likes of um, Champa versus Austin theory. Uh, yeah, definitely need that. <laughs> need all of that actually. And they're just doing different things. I mean, Bianca Belair stepping in to segments, uh, Charlotte coming back. Um, is absolutely something that even myself can't really phantom how they're going to do that. Because, like, what, Charlotte wins? Then, what, she goes to NST? Or, what, Charlotte losing at WrestleMania? That's not typically a thing. Um, The NST brand being displayed full blast at WrestleMania? Is the men's title going to... Is that going to get the same nod? It's just a lot that NST is doing that's just... Very unpredictable, which is different, which is good in my books. That's that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, we're not looking at the traditional style of booking going into WrestleMania season where all roles are leading to NXT TakeOver. You got NXT uh, TakeOver Devlin. So they're stepping uh, NXT UK TakeOver De- uh, Devlin, stepping out of the UK, going to Ireland, which is different. Uh, first time for that. Uh, so there's just a lot of little things that they're doing different. A matter of fact, NST UK people's jumping over and all this other stuff. So um, I'm intrigued. I'm definitely am intrigued. And that's not to knock anything else that's going on in wrestling. As far as I'm watching NXT, I'm, 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 I'm definitely digging it right now. I think the interesting thing uh, to Will's you know, point that he said, you, you know, about, you know, Charlotte coming down and, and you know, uh, Tegan Knox and... Dakota Kai and their their feud and Keith Lee versus Dijak and now we have Cole versus Gargano. Well, in the Tegan Knox feud, they're friends. Isn't that a typical WWE storyline for women? Uh, and then of course we have uh, Dijakovic versus Keith Lee again, and we have Gargano versus Champa again. And mm-hmm. the biggest, the most over thing. And, and this is obviously to the point of you know people want new things are the broserweights. Now whether or not they're actually a good act and the people like them, if they had an, uh, an alternative, no. It's just that the thing is that they are new, and that's they're refreshing. There's something that you didn't know that you needed to see until we've seen it. Yeah. So I uh, think. Go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, while we're saying that it's happening again, hasn't been confirmed. We don't know the dynamics of it actually being again. Yes, the storylines could be possibly leading towards that again, but there could be some wrenches in it. So uh, we'll see. We'll definitely we'll see if it actually goes back to co- conventional style of person versus person, or is there some other little tweaks in it? So we'll see. And to be honest, this is supervised, but Dijak versus Keith Lee, do it 50 times, and I'm cool with it. But but <laughs> now that the stage is bigger, the stakes are bigger, they done, you know, and they're, they're pulling out bigger and better moves. It's the ability of these two that finally got to the stage that they want to be to reinvent the match that they have done over. So we'll see. It, it's it definitely, it, it could go, it, this can go right or wrong for both of these, uh, the four people that we're talking about here. Uh, well, yeah, it could. But my point is, is that there's a lot of retread in NXT right now. And it definitely seems to be that the biggest thing they have is the thing that that's new. And that would be the broserweights. Uh, it's not, I mean, not, not, and that doesn't diminish the impact of what other people are doing. The, the matches are fine. Takeover Portland was was damn good, as it should be. It was a very average takeover, which is arguably some of the best things that you'll see in North America. With that said, we're still getting a lot of retread, and one would think that when we were talking about, oh, NXT is doubling their time, that means they're going to have double the storylines, double the matches, double the interactions, and we're still getting the same four or five you know, different things. And considering how deep the NXT roster goes, it's like, well, uh-oh. Uh, you know, have they hit the wall? And I wonder if that comes with the struggles of TV. And obviously the AEW factor has to be addressed as well. Are they yeah. actually still counter-programming to AEW? Yeah, yeah well, the, there's a bit of a log jam at the top of that darn card. And there's been for a while now because you got Ciampa, you got Gargano, and you got the Undisputed Era. So that's like right there, that's six guys. So that's until some of them move out of the way or get moved into a different position. It's like there's your, you know, your tag scene, your secondary title and the main title. They've had the the undisputed era. So like locked into all that for so long now that it's like whoever those guys are feuding with, that's your, that's your top of the card. And they got it. They they got Keith Lee in there now, so that's good. He he's away from all that and doing his own thing. But even on the tag side, he's still got you know Fish and O'Reilly working with the Broserweights up up in Portland. So it's they gotta they gotta crack some of this open and move some of these pieces either to one of the other shows after Mania, or they gotta put them in a different role where they're still there on Wednesday nights, but they're not locked into the title picture and. I think that's kind of going to be the big balancing act we're going to see from WWE after Mania is they can't just pull people off of NXT because they're so concerned about those Wednesday ratings now. So they got to keep some star power there or, on the other hand, move some more star power down there to that show like they did with Finn Balor and like now they're doing with Charlotte. Either you got to do that or you're going to have to keep some people there. So it's it's not the same old NXT formula anymore where it's always just, you know, oh, you, you you graduate from NXT and you move on. Now they kind of got to look at it like, well, we don't just want to get rid of everybody because we got to have familiar faces around here. And if anything, maybe we bring some people down here to help prop things up if we're concerned about what our Wednesday numbers looking like. So this WrestleMania season is going to be very different 
I think in a lot of ways. And heck, we're still a good six weeks out from it happening. So we got a lot of road left to cover to see where this uh, ends up taking us between NXT and the main roster. Yeah, I mean, the pre-show starts Saturday, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. (laughs) Might be an NXT Battle Royal added to the show for all we know. (laughs) Well, we got to have that uh, Andre the Giant uh, over-the-top Battle Royal. Um, You know, that has to happen as well, so. There you go. Yeah. Triple um, the Battle Royals on Mania this year. All the you know what? Just do World War Three and just have three rings. There you go. NXT ring, women's ring, and then the guys ring. There you and go. Then you, and then if you're thrown into the other ring, that's where the roster you land on. There you go. We we just booked a whole new match. I love it. There you go. That's how they shake up the roster and everything. Perfect. <laughs> Actually thinking about it, if we if somehow it turns out that you know, Keith Lee bolts Adam Cole into the Raw ring and then he gets clotheslined into the SmackDown ring only to be pulled back into the NXT ring. Actually, that could be a lot of fun. Damn it, they, they want to steal our idea. Shouldn't have said it out loud. <laughs> so, so one last thing before we get out of here. Uh, and this is a, a bit of older news, but still just learning about it recently. Uh, Kota Ibushi. Uh, he was diagnosed back at the uh, at the beginning of the month with Mallory Weiss syndrome, and if you're not familiar with what that is, probably good because basically it's a torn throat. It's uh, yeah, it's a laceration of the stomach and esophagus, and it's usually called by caused by uh, bulimia or severe alcoholism. Maybe you can strain it by heavy lifting, extreme lifting, or uh, ex- extreme vomiting. So it's curable. It has a name. Um, but, and, you know, the mortality rate is very low, but untreated obviously can take a turn. But the bottom line is, is uh, he's, he definitely made it for recovery. But uh, back in late January, early February, uh, good Lord, I couldn't imagine having uh, an, an injury like that and still ready to go to work. Um, so hats off to Kota Ibushi for working through all therein. Uh, with Mallory Weiss syndrome, and that's strong style. another thing. What was that strong style? You know, you just you just you just beat through everything. Torn I throat, mean, no big deal. Yeah, no yeah, big man, deal. A little Robitussin go a long way, but S- Suzuki. But at this point, has Suzuki ever been injured that we know about? I mean, the answer should be yes, but he's probably <laughs> he's, he's too stubborn to let anybody know. <laughs> True. You have three questions right now, Mister Walking It Off. Exactly. <laughs> Truly, the essence of New Japan's talent and strong style. These dudes are some of the toughest dudes to walk in the world of professional wrestling. Um, period. That's just that. And Triple H is going to buy them all. And Sh- and Shibata, Shibata coming back. I mean, yeah. Some type of science I have no clue about but that no one else has ever had proven tested to work. That dude shouldn't be in the ring, yet we're here. <laughs> so, strong style. Yeah, he really shouldn't even be in the commentary table. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, absolutely doesn't know how he does it. But um, but before we absolutely get out of here, uh, because we're, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's getting late, and, and I'm old. So, you know, it's, it's almost time to go. But before we do go, <laughs> I uh, just want to remind everybody to, of course, uh, BigGoldBellGroup.com. Uh, click on that, that, that sneaky little donate button. Just go ahead and click on that real quick and, and watch the magic happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, just go ahead and do that. We'll do that one time. Uh, if you guys have any final closing remarks, please speak your piece. Couple of, couple, couple little things. Yes, two, mimicking off of what you said, the donation thing helps. Keeps the lights. Uh-oh. Get all the exclusive content that we have going on. And more things are coming, so you want to be a part of it. Don't want to learn about it late when you can learn about it early. You can learn about it when we learn about it because all the stuff is on there. Uh, so you definitely want to do that. Second thing is, uh, because, again, I had to jump on a little bit late. Did you guys discuss Jeff Cobb? We did not discuss okay. Jeff Cobb. We haven't talked so, about AEW at all. Okay, so quickly, and when I say, uh, I don't know if a Jeff Cobb is the AEW thing. I want to kind of arrange this as the ROH thing because ROH, unless you guys haven't been paying attention, especially around Mania season right now, there's some of their top talent are working other promotions unlike any other um i seen delirious is working the show gresham working the show jeff caught working multiple shows i think we talked about this a little bit before it, can you guys do you guys think is this the way how they should be working their contracts hey when we need you be there but do your thing and this is nothing new because impact does it but mm-hmm. do you think this is finally a the step forward to making all wage an attractive buy or sell, which one should it be, uh, for talent to want to sign with them? Yes. If they don't have the dates to be booking these folks, you know, for throughout the month, if they're only giving them like, you know, hey, we need you for this TV taping and a couple dates that weekend and maybe one other weekend. Yeah, it should totally be a deal where, I, hey, the rest of the time, if you want to go work somewhere else, perfectly fine as long as we have, you know, first dibs on you. And yeah, most folks at that level, they're looking to work. So you got to do, you don't want, you don't want people locked down, sitting at home, feeling like they're not doing nothing if they're actually motivated to get out there and be making some towns. So absolutely. I'm all for it. If that's the balance they can strike out, do it. I think that really depends on what their storytelling is looking like. If you know that you're going to invest in a, in a, in a character and a person and have a long-term storyline set up for the next, you know, four, five, six, eight, ten weeks. Um, then why not try to lock that person down for, uh, you know, a long-term contract? But I think that honestly, it's not everybody can be WWE and just exclusively sign people to five-year deals like Mojo Raleigh for no reason. But I, you know, it, it does help that you know somebody can go out there, make a name for themselves. And get a little TV time, do the indies, pick up an independent promotion, go back to TV, do that. Uh, it works for Impact. Uh, you know, it's working for AEW. It's working for, uh, and it could work for Ring of Honor. I don't see why not. Yeah, but that that be that be my last comment um, that I have until I got yeah. something to say for Patreon. So, because I, I got something I want to say, but it won't be on this. <laughs> well, that, that's all. All the more reason. But people need to go ahead and slap that donate button real quick at BillCobellGroup.com. But, <laughs> yeah, shameless plug. But, uh, but that'll do it for us. That, that's about our time for our Heel Wolverine. Oh, wait. And really quick. Well, what, really hey, quick. Wait, what, really, what? really quick. Really quick. Uh-oh. I just thought about something. Talk about content real quick. If you guys want to see Will's full reaction to that last week episode of Power, it's, it's on there. It's ready for you. Yeah, there's a Here. separate file that the NWA put up of everyone's complete reactions that were sent in so everyone that was on there 
the complete files are up there on the NWA YouTube channel. So there's the, the abbreviated version that was interspliced to the episode, and then the complete version of everything everyone sent them. So that's pretty cool. They oh, put all that I, stuff I, oh, I didn't know that. So you're yeah. saying your whole reaction is on there. Yeah, there's a whole separate... They, they put up a separate oh. file of everybody's stuff. Oh, yes. well. We'll, we'll still highlight ours in case you. No, want there to you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I got that. There you stuff. go. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, okay. Jamal. Sign us off. No, no. Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're done. Hit the button. Let's see. I'll see you next weekend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>